Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. John chapter 8, we're going to read uh, three verses. John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In verse 36, it says, So if the Son, capital S, sets you free, you are truly free. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate you leading us in worship and being here with us today. The truth will set you free. Do you believe that? All right. One of the, one of the clearest themes of the Bible is freedom. God wants to set people free. Jesus, as a matter of fact, let me get it more specific than that. God wants to set you free. Because it's one thing to believe for something for someone else. It is an entirely different uh, exercise of faith to believe it for yourself. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants you free in all the ways. He wants everybody free. Jesus came to make that happen, as a matter of fact. Jesus came to set us free from sin. He came to set us free from disease. He came to set us free from spiritual blindness, free from the pain of tragedies and trauma. Jesus came to set his people free. Even in the Old Testament, God was constantly bringing freedom to his people. He set the children of Israel free from, from the, through the leadership of Moses. He set them free from the slavery in Egypt. He repeatedly set his people free through the, the time and the days of the judges. Over and over again, God declared and proclaimed freedom over situations in which people were hopelessly bound. Now today, we're going to continue our, our Triple P series, what we're calling it, Patriarchs, Prophets, and priests, and we're going to look back at two people in the Old Testament who, who needed freedom. Uh, not freedom from slavery. Their chains were not physical. They weren't obvious. They weren't visible. But they needed freedom from the chains of their past that still locked them into a life that they were no longer satisfied to live. And so today's message is called Jabez and Jacob. Breaking free. Jabez and Jacob breaking free. If you're being held back by anything in your past, today is the day that you can break free, and it is God's will for your freedom to begin today. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. All right. Well, let's, let, let's get into it. Let me show you First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. <laughs> Y'all got brothers? Never mind. <clears throat> his, his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Verse 10. He was the one, Jabez was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. 
Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Now let me set this passage up for you. The book of First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, for that matter, is precisely what it says. It chronicles the principal players in the nation of Israel, the nations of Israel and Judah, the patriarchs and their descendants. The, the first several chapters, six or seven chapters, are really just family trees. Have y'all gotten to this section of the Bible yet? Just is the if you're reading the King James, it says the word begat a lot. A lot. A lot. So it's just a family tree. It's who's connected to what family. Honestly, it's pretty dry stuff. Uh, Name after name after name that you can neither pronounce nor can you discern who they even were. Right? You just, you don't know who they were. It's just name after name after name. But it, and there's no information, there's no nothing. It's just, but in the middle of all of those begats, in the middle of all the family tree, comes these two verses that we just read. And it really stands out when you're now you're in the fourth chapter of begats, and suddenly you get two whole verses of stuff, then it makes you it makes you pay attention. So there's no mention in these two verses of who Jabez's daddy was, no mention of where he came from, no really, really no mention of his children that he may have had, only what we just read. His name came from his mother, who was unnamed, and his mother named him Jabez based on the experience that she had in delivering him. He, his name literally means pain. He prayed that God would bless him, and God answered his prayer. And then 1 Chronicles chapter 4 4 goes right back to who fathered what kids and who their patriarchal ancestors were. Now, over the years, now listen, if I were you and I heard me introduce this topic, I start to get a little nervous. Because over the years, this passage has garnered the attention of many pastors, many scholars, and some of them have tried to use this passage and this prayer as a guide to getting what you want from God. That if you pray the prayer exactly as it's prayed in the book, that God is essentially obligated to give you everything that you want. It is, as they say, a guaranteed blessing from the prayer of Jabez. I hate to burst your bubble. That's actually not true. I don't mind bursting your bubble if you believe this kind of foolishness. Because I need to tell you today that this book is not a book of incantations. There are no magic spells contained in here. There are no prayers that you can pray to extract the blessing and the power of God separate from the wisdom and the will of God so that you can use it for your own benefit. That is not how that works. He, he is a real God, and he doesn't work like that. So this is not the magical pathway to your wildest dreams. This is not the yellow brick road to whatever it is that you've always hoped for. And yet, his prayer was, was answered, and what he asked was granted. Now, books have been written about it, none of which I have read, so I'm not referencing any of that. Sermons have been preached about it. 
I have never preached a sermon about it. I have never taught a lesson about it. But this week, for whatever reason, really in my own personal devotion time, the Lord poured out into me what I believe is a, is a word for this house and for all who eat at this table. So I want you to take this personally today. Just consider that I am preaching to you. All right? Not for anybody else, for you. Now, y'all know I like to ask questions, and I like to poke around, and I like to challenge assumptions. So I've got some questions for you regarding this prayer of Jabez. What if the prayer of Jabez is not so much about blessing getting, but curse breaking? What if it's not so much about blessing getting, but curse breaking? His mother named him Pain. She labeled him. She saddled him with a constant reminder of the circumstances of his birth. Every time somebody called his name, he was reminded of his past, of the pain that he had caused. And if you hear something repeated often enough, whether it's true or not, whether it's good or not, it becomes hard to ignore, and you start to believe it for yourself. So maybe Jabez had just had enough. Maybe he reached a point that he was tired of being reminded of something he had no control over. He was a baby. He was, he was young when he was born. He had, no, he had no say-so in whether or not he caused pain for his mama or not. It was nothing to do with him. He was, but, but he was now tied of it every time. He was tied to it every time somebody called his name. He was tired of being tied to his past. He was tired of being associated with the negative outcome. So what if the prayer wasn't so much about a free and easy life of blessing from a selfish perspective, but maybe it was his declaration of independence from this prophetic name that he had been given. What if it was about getting out from under the association to the pain and to the past? What if Jabez was saying, God, bless me so much that people will forget that I wasn't supposed to amount to anything? Bless me so much that people won't remember how it all started for me. Bless me so much that they'll forget what my mama used to call me. Bless me so much that pain is never again associated with me. I've had enough of that, and I don't want to be around that anymore. What if this prayer and God's grace in answering it was Jabez redefining himself? What if he was writing a new story for himself? What if, he was, what if this new story was based on not the declarations of a bitter or angry mother, but the declarations of truth that are found in the Scriptures? What if this was his way of declaring over himself and to the world around him, I am not destined to cause pain. I am not destined to be in pain. I am not destined to cause trouble. I am destined to be blessed 
and highly favored of the Lord. I am destined to be the head and not the tail. I'm destined to be what God says I am and not what my past says I am. What if his prayer is, Lord, bless me so much, God of Israel, that they won't remember the beginning, they'll only remember the end. Bless me so much, God of Israel, that they will only remember the blessing and not the curse. You are the God of Israel. You're the God of covenant. You're the God of second chances. You're the God of redemption and do-overs. My mother made a covenant with evil by naming me after her pain. What does Proverbs say? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So every time somebody said my name, God, they're pronouncing death over me. So Jabez is saying, God, will you rename me according to your plan for me? Would you redefine me and create a new covenant with me? Pain may be what I caused. Pain may be what I had. But blessed is what I'm going to be moving forward. That's the prayer of Jabez. So, John, that's, you, know, you seem kind of excited about that, and that's, that's cool, but what does, that have, what does that have to do with me? Well, I think the Holy Spirit is already beginning to tell you what it has to do with you. But, but I want to help you understand that today is the day that, that many of you need to break free from your past. Sometimes you get connected to something that wasn't even your fault. And your life gets defined by things over which you had no control. Jabez had no control over the pain of his birth. There are things that have happened to all of us that were not the result of our own decisions. They were not our own fault, but we carry the guilt and we carry the shame and we carry the responsibility sometimes as if they were. Maybe your mom didn't actually put this kind of name on a birth certificate, but she or maybe someone else in your family made sure that you realized that your name was accident. That your name was mistake. That you were an inconvenience. That you were illegitimate. That you were unplanned and unwanted. Maybe those around you made you feel like your name was stupid. Worthless. Crazy. You know, if you get told enough that you're crazy, it'll drive you crazy. Right? It's called gaslighting. You, you can convince somebody of something that has no basis in truth just because you say it enough. Maybe you were told you were no good, that you would never amount to anything. Maybe the circumstances of your life named you poor or broke uneducated, dirty, abused, rejected, 
victim, abandoned, broken, never enough. These are lies. They're lies that are sown into people over and over again. They may have been sown into your life. And they have an effect on you whether maybe you recognize it or not. And until you identify those things as lies, you'll continue to reap their deadly and debilitating harvest in your life. When that kind of seed is sown into your life, you will inevitably reap the harvest until you recognize those lies and you dig up not just the fruit, but the root of those things in your life. It, they, those things creep into your thought processes without you even knowing it. I talked to somebody recently who said that she was always made to believe she was unlovable. And I told her that it was a lie for two reasons. One, because God already proved it to be false because John 3.16 says that God loved her so much that he gave his one and only son to die for her sins. She cannot be unlovable because he already loves her beyond measure. And secondly, someone telling you that you are unlovable has more to do with their capacity to give love than your capacity to receive it. It's it's not about you, it's about them. Just because they are unloving does not make you unlovable. But you can see how something like that gets in your head, right? And what happens is that we start to self-sabotage based on the lies that we believe. We start to live out what we've been told will inevitably happen. If we believe we are unlovable, then if anyone starts to get close to us or extends love to us, then we find a way to push those people away because we think it's just easier that way because it's destined to fail anyway. It's just easier to go ahead and stop it before it starts. And it's not just about whether you're lovable or unlovable. The soundtrack of criticism the soundtrack of rejection, uh, the soundtrack of all the other lies that may have uh, been sown into your life, that soundtrack's playing in your head. And it causes you to think different. It causes you to feel different. It causes you to act different. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soul, y'all. This is a spiritual problem. Whoever those people were that sowed those lies into your life may be the least spiritual people that you've ever met in your life, and yet the enemy has used their words to create a spiritual issue in your life. Let me show you. Let me show you this. Second Corinthians this time. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses four and five. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That's what happens when somebody tells you that kind of mess. It gets in your head. It becomes a stronghold. We destroy, with God's mighty weapons, every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts, And teach them to obey Christ. 
If you always think you're broke, if you always think like you're broke, you're always going to be broke. Because you'll feel and act and think like a broke person. It's just, it's just a fact. That's why poverty is generational many times. If you always think like a victim, you're always going to be a victim because you're always going to perceive every circumstance as if it is directed at you and you being the loser in every, in every contest. That whatever happens is an intentional attack against you. If you always think you're too dumb to understand, you won't understand. And we could go on and on and on. There are strongholds in our minds that are keeping us blinded to the truth of God's word and God's plan for us. It is an intentional attack by the enemy to keep us from walking in God's will for us. He is keeping us bound. So if you always think like a fill in the blank with whatever lies have been spoken into your life, then you will always be that. It becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that may even become a generational curse as your children watch you walk out a lie instead of watching you walk in the truth. Somebody has to stand up and say, that's enough. Somebody has to, like Jabez, start taking these thoughts captive. Somebody has to start pulling down these strongholds in their lives. Somebody has to be like Jabez and refuse to be defined by somebody else's pain, by somebody else's assessment of them, by somebody else's perverted version of of the truth, someone who just refuses to live in the past anymore, somebody who refuses to walk in the same circle until their life has spiraled out of control. And that somebody can be you, and it can be today. I believe that God is sending us a wake-up call today. I believe that God is calling us to open our eyes and look at ourselves through the lens of grace. The lens of God's favor. The lens of Holy Spirit empowerment through whom all things are possible. So let me ask you this. What if those people, whoever those people are, what if they're wrong? What could you do if you hadn't always believed that you couldn't? What would you be doing right now if you stop listening to the ghosts of your past. Whatever you used to be is not what you have to be. Did y'all hear me? Whatever you used to be is not what you have to be. Today is the day to ask God to help you. Ask Him, like Jabez did, for the blessing of God to help you change the course of your life. The cross of Christ crushed every curse. So walk in that victory today. Can, can you pray the prayer of Jabez? Absolutely. It's not magic, but it is a guide for you as you surrender your life to the truth and abandon the lies that have held you back for so long. 
Ephesians 2 and 10 says that you've been recreated in Christ Jesus with specific work to do, created especially for you. 1 Corinthians says that you are a new creation in Christ, that old things are passed away, all things have become new. If you have a surrendered relationship with Jesus Christ, he has already given you the green light to walk away from what everybody else says about you and become become completely and only what he says about you. Today is the day to tell him you want to break free. Now I want, you, I want to look at one more passage today before we close. Um, hang on a second. It's one thing to be labeled or held back by the actions of others like Jabez was. It wasn't his fault. It is another thing entirely when it is your fault. It's a whole other thing when you brought the whole mess on yourself by your own actions. Jacob, Jacob was a mess. In the book of Genesis, you can just read, Jacob was a mess. He was one of the patriarchs. When, after, after his life, you, you hear people refer to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jacob, y'all, was a mess. His name actually meant deceiver. His name meant deceiver. If you read about him in the book of Genesis, you find out this joker was a mess before he even popped out of the womb. He was causing trouble. In the womb, his life was marked by one scheme after another, taking things that weren't his, leveraging other people's pain and distress to get what he wanted. That kind of life creates a lot of enemies. You don't have to say amen. (laughs) It creates a lot of enemies. Like, people don't like you. His most frequent target was his twin brother, Esau. At one point, it had all reached critical mass after 40 or 50 years. I don't know how long it was. It it all reached critical mass, and he found out they were grown, had their own families, gone their separate ways. But now mom and daddy were dead, and he found out Esau was headed for him with with a band of armed men. He figured his time of reckoning had come. You know, you can only live that life for so long, and at some point you you figure that it's going to catch up with you. He just figured it was his time. Uh, it was time to face the music. He divided up his family, his possessions. He sent them in different directions, hoping that some of them would survive the wrath of his brother. And then he waited in his camp alone to face his fate. And that's when God literally came knocking on his door. Now, let's read about it. Genesis chapter 32 Verses 24 through 28. This is a really odd little passage of scripture. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. A man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked, and he said, Jacob. Now look at what the man said. Your name's not going to be Jacob anymore. 
from now on you'll be called Israel because you fought with God and with men and have won. Jacob had reached a point in his life that he knew something was going to have to change if he was going to live through the next day. And he was alone in his camp wrestling with his choices, his inclinations, with his character. Wrestling with the fact that when given the choice to do the right thing or the wrong thing, that most of the time he chose the wrong thing. And as he was wrestling with himself, God showed up. And started wrestling with him for some amount of time with Jacob demanding a blessing from this otherworldly being. He probably thought it was an angel. Uh, Now it says that his wrestling opponent realized that he wasn't going to win the match. I want you to know this. If you win a wrestling match with God, he let you win. Okay, don't get, don't, don't go pro in wrestling because you think you're that bad. He lets you win. You do realize that all he did was reach over and touch Jacob's hip and the match was over. Okay, so don't be under any false impressions here. God let him win. He wanted Jacob to win. He came so Jacob could win. He wanted Jacob to be blessed. He wanted, he came in order to bless him. Do you know that God wants you to win? He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be free. You don't have to wrestle a blessing from the, from the clenched hand of God. He wants to give it to you. But you have to be in a place to be able to receive the blessing or the blessing is a curse. If you live long enough, you understand what I mean. And that's what he did. He blessed Jacob after the wrestling match was over. Just ask the caterpillar. Sometimes it takes the struggle to get you ready for the transformation. His blessing that he had been wrestling with God about was to change his name. It's just one word. But do you understand that one word from God can change everything? It gave him a new identity. No longer was he the deceiver. No longer was he the con man. No longer was he identified by the mistakes and the choices of his past. No longer was he defined by who he used to be. Now his name was Israel, which means God fights. And the rest of his life would demonstrate that God was fighting for him and for his descendants. God was fighting to bring to pass the destiny that he had had for Jacob all along. Jacob broke free from his past identity. And let me tell you today, if you haven't figured it out already, so can you. So can you. So I've tried so many times. You need to stop trying and let God do it. Let God do it. Listen, I know that we all have regrets in our lives. I've heard people say, I've, just, I've got no regrets. Are you kidding me? i got pages of them. We can list them chronologically, alphabetically, in order of severity. i got, I got lists of regrets. We've all made our share of mistakes. 
We've all made our share of bad decisions. And I think at some point, most of us get ready to face the consequences. Here's the good news. God is in the forgiving business. God is in the starting over business. God is in the redeeming business. God is in the saving business. And and it doesn't matter to God whether you're a Jabez or a Jacob. It doesn't matter whether you did it to yourself or whether it was done to you. He forgives and he redeems and he restores and he makes you new. He makes you brand new. And the better news is it's all him. It's none of you. Don't let your life be defined by something that's already happened. You cannot undo what's been done. But you can turn around and stop looking at it every day of your life. If you're still breathing, that means you have new choices to make. You can still decide to follow God. You can still decide to do the right thing. You can still decide to surrender. You can still decide. You can still know what it's like to live a life with a clean conscience before God and before man. Listen, it might take some wrestling, but you can do it with God's blessing. You get determined that your life depends on the blessing of God because it does. And then you just hang on until the change comes. Today is the day that you can break free. The thing that ties us all together is the scripture that we read at the beginning. Jesus said the truth would set you free if you know the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. So here's the most important question I've asked all day. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Him? Have you surrendered your life to Him? I'm not talking about a prayer that you prayed in Sunday school. I'm not talking about an emotional experience you had when a preacher made you feel guilty about the things that you'd been doing all along. I'm talking about a choice like Jordan talked about today. You decided that this was the truth and you'd been living a lie. You decided that the only way for you to be redeemed, to be forgiven of your sin, was to surrender your life to Jesus and accept His payment for the penalty of your sin. You're a sinner, and he's a savior. And that from now on, he's in charge. That's what I'm talking about. Let me ask you, do you know Jesus like that? And if not, today is the day. If you want to be free from from the, as the old hymn says, if, if you would be free from the burden of sin, it's the blood of Jesus that washes all of that away. So today is the day that you can say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. If you've already done that, but you're still, you're still saddled with this mantle of whatever it is that other people have told you all your life that you are, or that your own bad choices have created for yourself, today is the day that you can lay it down and walk away. Walk away. Today is that day. 
Y'all stand with me, please. You say, John, it's, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Like, don't you usually take it easy on us and we're kind of easing towards little cute little Christmas messages? What greater gift in this holiday season than to be free? than to be free, than to be different than you've always had to be, than to come out from under the burden that somebody else placed on you, the burden that the enemy makes as heavy as possible in your life. What would it, can you even imagine what freedom feels like? You are, you are one prayer away. You're one prayer. You're one decision away from being different team's going to sing it. I'm going to pray and the team's going to sing a song. And, and this altar is, is always open. So if you want to come and pray, you come and pray now. If you want somebody to come and pray with you about getting free, then if you'll just come and stand, then we'll come and pray with you. Okay? Philip, I want you to get the prayer team to, ready to respond to come and pray and, 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 uh, and pray with those who want to begin their journey of freedom today. You know, John, I don't know what that means. I'm scared. I don't know what it's like. I, I, I tell you what it's not like. It's not like bondage. It's not like the burden that you've been carrying for all these years. So what he has is always better than what you've been living in. And if you have had anything else that you want to pray about, you come on and pray, and, we will, and we'll be happy to pray with you. If you want somebody to pray with you, just come and stand. If you want to be by yourself, you come and kneel, and we'll just pray for you from a distance, all right? But let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know that you gave me this message for this house, for this day, for this time. And Lord, I've done my best to deliver it as faithfully as I could to how you poured it into me. I pray, God, that you now, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, that your Holy Spirit would begin to convict people, that your Holy Spirit would draw people, that he, that he would open their eyes and their minds to the lies that have been sown into their lives all for, for, for the last decade or 20 or 30 or 40 years. God, I pray that you would begin to set people free today because we know that freedom only comes from the truth and you are the truth. Lord, would you manifest yourself in this place today? In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.